Chapter One of Neighbours. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anne Fletcher, 2017. Neighbours by Florence Morse Kingsley. Chapter One. Yes, I guess it looks full as well plain like that as any of them fancy ways mused Miss Bennet, as she gazed at the neat black lettering on its white ground, which proclaimed her name and occupation to a waiting world. "'Looks real professional and up-to-date,' commented the man in blue overalls, who had just affixed the sign to the corner of Miss Bennet's weather-beaten little house. "'Them that runs can read, as it says in the Bible. You ain't had a regular sign all these years, Miss Malvina, but tain't hard to guess why you come to it now.' <laughs> All I got to say is, I don't blame you none. Miss Bennet screwed her small features to one side in a comprehensive sniff of disdain. I don't know what you're hinting at, Henry Pratt, she said with dignity. I've been thinking of having that sign painted for years and years off and on. It's one of them things a body'll put off, like making up their shroud with the goods a laying idle in their bureau drawer. Mr. Pratt spat controversially upon the ground. "'Course you heard there's a new dressmaking shop opened up over George Trimmer's store,' said he, shifting his quid of tobacco with stealthy enjoyment. "'I bet I heard it before you did,' retorted Miss Bennet. "'I knowed it before she had time to oil up her sewing machine. Not that she's had much use for it since. My customers ain't the kind to be drawed off that way.' Land, if you was to see my shop, it's a crown full of work. I don't know which way to turn. Well, anyway, it's a handsome sign you've got there, and I hope it'll be worth a dollar seventy-five to your business, observed Mr. Pratt, in the act of gathering his scattered tools. Mm, it looks real dignified and like that, I think, assented the dressmaker. Ma, she got all head up argufying for Malvina Bennett, female tailoress. <laughs> but Ma's kind of narrow-minded. Female tailoress, I says. Don't cover all I do in the line of dressmaking in a single day, let alone a year. I remember Mrs. Deaconess Buckthorn was in the shop looking over the spring fashions, and she remarks in that deep prayer-meeting voice of hern, I should advise the words, Miss Bennet, Mantua-maker. T'would be comprehensive and elegant, she says. Land, I says, what on earth is a Mantua? I never made up one of them in my life as I know of, I says. A dollar seventy-five cents is dirt cheap for a neat, tasty sign like that, stated Mr. Pratt. And you couldn't have done no better than what you have done in the wording of it. When you stepped into my shop two weeks ago yesterday, I says to you, Your memory's better than your word, Henry, interrupted Miss Bennet. You promised me solemn you'd get that sign up on the corner of my house inside of three days. If it hadn't been I was looking for you from day to day, I might have changed my mind at the last minute and had Malvina robes at Mantuos. T'would have looked real stylish and might have drawed custom. Mr. Pratt frugally salvaged half a dozen nails from under the sprouting daffodils under Miss Bennet's window. "'Maybe that's right,' he conceded dubiously. "'Women folk generally runs after what's new and fancy. 
the lady over trimmer's store's got a black and gold sign that reads something like that and nothing would do for my wife when she seed it but to have her spring suit made by the new dressmaker angry tears rushed to miss malvina's faded eyes do you mean to tell me that sarah ann pratt's been to that that critter to have a dress made she demanded and me doing for her constant since before she married her first husband and making up her mourning and all her voice choked oh, you might as well hear it from me as from anybody else grumbled mr pratt realizing his tactical blunder too late i ain't got no monopoly in the sign painting trade and i don't see how you can expect to do all the dressmaking for the women folk in this here growing community competition's the soul of trade you know uh, say I, I got a bill here for the sign if you feel like paying it right now same as you agreed to when you ordered it off me i'll take off ten cents miss bennett instantly produced a half-sheet of blue-lined note-paper from beneath her shawl i could have paid you hard money right in your fist just as well as not henry pratt and i might have done it if mrs pratt had been honourable enough to tell me right to my face she was going to another dressmaker but seeing as she ain't no lady here's the items one card of black hooks and eyes half a yard of feather bone besides my time and three quarters of a yard mr pratt paused in the act of extracting a much-needed red and white bandana handkerchief from the hip pocket of his overalls to stare resentfully at the dressmaker well i like your nerve he exploded wrathfully i guess my wife'll pass for a lady for all of you malvina bennett she never signed up no contract to let you spoil her best clothes constant as i know of for pity's sake cried miss bennett deep scorn struggling with the grief in her voice if ever i spoiled a dress for sarah ann pratt and her with one hip two inches higher and the other to say nothing of being hollered in where she ought to be rounded out and vice versa in the back where her shoulder blades is sprung i defy you to bring that there dress to my shop and prove it prove it i say right in front of me oh go along muttered mr pratt disgustedly i clean forgot what my wife told me she said you'd be ramping and roaring like a ball of bashin if i let on about her going to the new dressmaker but she ain't the only one i can tell you ramping and roaring ain't my habit of speech henry pratt rebuked miss bennett and you can tell mrs sign painter pratt so this here bill is for a black dress waist i fixed over for her to wear to her first husband's sister-in-law's funeral she it was emmeline mills sarah ann was feeling terrible grief-stricken i remember being took back to the happy days before she married you henry and i set up most of all one night so she could have the waist in time and she ain't never paid for it from that date to this and here it is a dollar seventy-five for works and findings why didn't you show me your dratted bill when you come to my shop to order the sign inquired mr pratt in a deeply injured tone you never so much as mentioned it i was a little too cute for that henry <laughs> crowed miss bennett i know full well i wouldn't get my sign till gabriel blowed his trumpet if you suspicioned you owed me anything no more you wouldn't neither confirmed mr pratt gloomily i got a darn good mind to smash it what my sign try it and i'll get the law on you promised miss bennett 
tain't no better than getting money on false pretences growled mr pratt and that'll make you liable if i was a mind to sue you miss bennett cackled derisively i hope you got some sense left henry receipt that there bill o yourn i'll do the same in mine and we're quits as far as money's concerned she watched the man's retreating figure well out of sight then with the receipted bill tightly clutched in one hand and the skirt of her dress in the other she mounted the front steps of the house pausing to gaze once more at the subject of her late spirited controversy with mr pratt i bet i ketched an awful cold standin in the wind all this while she reflected i can feel it shootin up my jaw this minute but i don't care i got my sign and it's paid for she sneezed a noisy confirmation of her forebodings as she passed into the shop where sat old mrs bennett patiently pulling white basting threads from the inchoate garment in her aproned lap oh for goodness sake ma if you ain't drawed them bastings from around the arm sizes protested the little dressmaker and me taking such pains to get the lining and the gathered goods on the outside just so now malvini don't you suppose i know what i'm about demanded the old lady keeping fast hold of the disputed garment didn't i teach you everything you know about dressmaking i'd like to know you're an ungrateful child that's what you be malvini bennett and there's a verse in the bible about a serpent's tooth i know ma i oughtn't to a spoke so brash but i got kind of riled with henry pratt of all the mean-spirited men-folk i ever see he's the beaten best if you'll just so open eye onto this here waistband ma while i tack them gathers in place the old lady was rocking herself back and forth her ancient nose in the air her voice cracked and querulous with anger oh i couldn't so much as set a hook and eye to the waistband to suit you malvini i don't know nothing about sewing cordin to you you can't trust me with nothing soon as your back's turned i spoil everything i guess i won't do no more sewing this side of heaven oh now ma don't take on her daughter exhorted her i got to get this here morning wrapper done so as to take it over to philuri pettibone this afternoon she'll pay me right off and then i can settle up with obed salter i ain't never owed him such a bill as i do now just as soon as i can tack this here shirin so it won't get skewgeed i'll boil the kettle and make you a good hot cup of tea i don't want no tea grumbled the old lady you always seem to think malvini that you can pacify me no matter how sassy you've been with a cup of tea that last tea you got from salters ain't worth puttin in the pot i'd as soon drink hay water miss bennett sighed as her skilful needle flew in and out repairing the unthinking ravages of her surviving parent oh I'll, I'll try and get some nice green and black mixed next time i go to boston she promised vaguely i seen a robin this morning ma settin still or flyin oh flyin right over toward the parsonage mm, if you see em settin still pursued mrs bennett or up on the ground it's an awful bad sign for the whole year malviny but this one was flyin way up high but it was going from you malviny 
piped the old lady. Your luck was flying from you. If you'd only seen it coming towards you now. I'm awful careful not to look for robins no more in the spring of the year. But don't seem to change my luck. Now, Ma, protested Miss Malvina, it really don't seem right for Christian folks to take so much stock in signs and like that. Why, if I was to notice every little thing, the way a pin lays on the floor when you pick it up, and dropping a dish towel, or seeing the moon over my left shoulder, and wouldn't you know, I guess I'd go crazy. We're going to have good luck for all the robins in town. I'll bet we get the house painted up scrumptious this year, and maybe new letters to the back door, and like as not a regular bathroom with a kerosene eater all complete. How'd you like that, Ma? I ain't never felt better than I do this spring. I ain't had our scarcely twinger rheumatiz all winter, and I'm full of spring and ginger. Better knock on wood, Malviny, advised the old lady sourly. You'll be flat on your back first, you know, all twisted up with rheumatiz. Miss Bennet swiftly obeyed, her thimbled finger beating a smart rat-a-tat on the window-sill. "'I don't see what knocking on wood can do to prevent it,' she murmured. "'A body'd think there was some spiteful person lurking and listening around, all ready to pounce on a body if they should forget. I wouldn't lay such actions to the devil, to say nothing of God. All I know is, if folk don't knock on wood when they get braggarty, "'Something's sure to happen to him,' stated Mrs. Bennet positively. "'I seen it over and over again. "'Why, I remember the winter your poor pa passed away. "'He was telling Deacon Scrimger how awful smart he was. "'Ain't had a sick time this winter,' says he. "'You better knock on wood, pa,' I says to him. "'But he was feeling contrary, like men folks generally do when there's other men folks around. "'And he pipes up and he says, "'I ain't going to make a fool of myself no more that way to please you, Ma.' "'Them was his very words. "'And he sat there solid on his chair like a heathen idol. "'I won't do it, Ma,' says he, real earnest. "'Well, Pa,' he says mournful, "'I'll do it for you.' "'But I'm afraid won't help you none when you're took bad all of a sudden,' I says. "'Twas the very next day he took to his bed. "'I knew there wasn't no hope from the very first. "'So I picked out the funeral hymns, and I says to Pa, "'There, that's done,' interrupted her daughter in an aggressively cheerful tone. "'Now, I'm going to whirl in and get something to eat before folks begins to drop in.' "'And I wish you'd step out and look at the sign right now, Ma, "'so you can act kind of calm and indifferent. "'I declare I can feel that sign all through my system "'like a girl would her engagement ring. "'But I suppose we'll get used to it after a spell.'" End of chapter 1